Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. On the block, hold on your bets, it's with the buck stop. See, first of all, I'm stepping out on my own. About time I elevated to claim my own throne. Success in my blood, call it homegrown. Towards reaching to top the room. Power and money got me crazy cocky. No longer need you, poppy. I know you're mad because you can't stop me. And if you wonder how this player done scooped your honey, I think she smell my cologne, it's called brand new money. Make your major moves, man, ain't a damn thing funny. And hood rats to Playboy bunnies. They see the. They see it. They see it. Say what? Say what? Say what? Money. I'm global dollar dollar and roll with bow. All right, here come the money. That's what we play here on the Rattle and Broadcasting Network. Damn you, Hollywood show. When we talk about the money in film and production and television and whatnot. And that is all we're talking tonight as there's no movie to review, but some news broke today that needed special attention. So we're going to talk about it tonight here on damn you Hollywood. And I of course am your host, the mandated reporter. And frankly, I'm mortified Mr. Mark Rattledge. And that special news is that Disney Today, the Walt Disney Company bought most of 21st Century Fox's assets for about $52.4 million. Sorry, billion. $52.4 billion. Um, What they got was the film studio and a large chunk of the television production assets. The properties acquired include Fox's 39% stake in Sky, Star India, and a collection of pay TV channels like FX and National Geographic, as well as popular entertainment brands like the X-Men, Avatar, and The Simpsons. I'm going to break that all down in just a minute. The other thing they announced is that the Disney uh, CEO, Bob Iger, will remain at the top of the company for the next couple of years. So that's less exciting than some of this other stuff. So... In movies, here's uh, what they got. Um, they also, uh, real quick, they also got a majority, a sixty percent control over Hulu, majority control. Um, they got a bunch of TV franchises. They got uh, Fox's regional sports network, including Yes. They got thirteen point seven billion of Fox's debt. Uh, they saved about $2 billion in cost savings. Uh, what Fox got was 25% of Disney shares 
an $8.5 billion cash dividend from the, from the spun-off company. Fox is keeping Fox Broadcasting, Fox News, the Fox Business News, F, Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, and the Big Ten Network. All right, so that's what uh, everyone got in trade and what they got out of the deal. Specifically, here are the movie franchises that Disney came away with. Avatar, of which there are said to be a bunch of sequels coming up uh, in the next couple of years. And if you've been to Animal Kingdom here in Orlando, Florida, Lake Buena Vista, they actually created an avatar, an avatar part of uh, the world in Animal Kingdom. And they, there's two rides there and everything else. So that actually worked out really well for them. They got full rights over Star Wars. Obviously, they had production rights when they bought Lucasfilms, but Fox still owned I think, some, some, part of the ori- like, some part of the original trilogy. Well, they've got it all now. They also got Die Hard. They got the X-Men IP. Uh, now the X-Men will be able to be integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In addition, they also got the Fantastic Four. Now, the Fantastic Four is uh, an interesting one because there had been a thought that they could get the distribution rights to Fantastic Four because Fox owned that outright. But production rights were still part of this other small company uh, that made the Roger Corman Ashcan copy of the Fantastic Four. And they were the production company for, I believe, the other three uh, put-to-film you know, wide release Fantastic Four movies. Uh, well, they they got they ended up working it out because they got the Fantastic Four as part of the deal. So the Fantastic Four can be integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They got the Kingsmen, the Planet of the Apes, the Alien franchise, which means now your favorite Disney princess can be a xenomorph. They got the Predator, Independence Day, Fight Club, and Home Alone. The TV shows that they got that were owned by Fox that now Disney owns are The X-Files, The Simpsons, 24, Futurama, Family Guy, Prison Break, MASH, The Gifted, which is an X-Men show, Legion, which is an X-Men show, uh, American Horror Story, The Orville, frankly, one of my favorite TV shows of this season, This Is Us, and Modern Family. So, now, that's all the news that's fit to print here in this story. This being uh, Damn You Hollywood, where we like to focus on uh, comic books, you know, major movie franchises. I do want to talk about a couple of these. Specifically, I want to talk about how the X-Men and Fantastic Four are could possibly be integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've got some pitches. I've got some ideas for how they might do things. A friend of the show, Andrew Graham, forwarded and He's not going to be able to come on the show tonight. But if you'd like to hear from Andrew Graham, go ahead and check out our TV party tonight for The Crown, where he and his wife came on. It was a lot of fun. Uh, very knowledgeable about the, about the Crown, both the show and in real life. Anyway, he forwarded me a theory about how he thinks they're going to handle the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. I'll get to that momentarily. I want to talk about some of my ideas as well. Um, 
we and we'll talk a little bit about what you know what the what might be in store for some of these other franchises. Let me just say I have been extremely excited about this. I all all week I have been doing Google searches and reading articles and I have been all over this when I heard that there might be an announcement today, the same day that I went to go see The Last Jedi, which we'll be reviewing Tuesday on Damn You Hollywood. I was very excited. You know, um, I understand there's some negative implications from this sale. You know, Disney now owns a, a large share of IP out there. I mean, they've, they've really only got two major competitors left in terms of licenses and IP and market share of the movie industry. And that's Warner Brothers, who own uh, Marvel competitor DC. Uh, of course, I've created the DC Cinematic Universe, which is struggling. Uh, just as an aside, Justice League is currently in the $600 million area, and it needs another $200 million, uh, roughly, to be profitable. So we'll see what happens there. But um, the other one is Universal. You know, Universal has the Fast and the Furious franchise. It has uh, Illumination, the, the, the animation studio. And it currently holds two out of the three top spots for the year in movies with Despicable Me 3 and The Fast and the Furious, both made over a billion dollars this year. Uh, the, only, the only other movie that's made a billion dollars was Beauty and the Beast by, you guessed it, Walt Disney. So with Fox now out of the movie and television department and Sony and Paramount being laughable and ripe for purchase in their own right. Uh, as I said, it's, it's a, it's a small playing field now and it's getting smaller every day. And, you know, and this affects people who obviously work in the movie industry. There's less people to work for now. Um, still a lot of projects out there, but you know, again, less, less studios. And this always negatively impacts usually, you know, salaries and whatnot. So I get that. And I, and I certainly would be remiss without mentioning it. But looking on the bright side of things, as a fan of comic books and comic book movies, there is a lot of excitement around the idea of the X-Men and the Fantastic Four being integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The X-Men has a, a series of problems. I'll lay those out in, in just a moment. Let's talk about the Fantastic Four. Because that's an easy one. Uh, a little ways back, I think around the time of Fanforstic, I pitched a trilogy of movies. Um, and again, they were owned by Fox at the time, and I figured, you know, this might be ripe for you know, rebooting at some point, seeing as Fanforstic was a, a horrible misfire. I pitched a, a trilogy of Fantastic Four movies that I thought could rehabilitate the intellectual property and actually make Fox some money. I still think it can be done though. It would need some tweaks. My initial idea was that they would start with, they would kind of do the, what they do with the incredible Hulk, which is just start them off as having been established, you know, open the movie with them fighting a, a, a montage of them fighting a series of lower level, fantastic four villains, like the mole man. And, you know, being successful um and the movie and you know the big bad would again be galactus and this would be based on the john burns trial of galactus arc 
uh, also known as the Trial of Reed Richards, which is it starts off with Galactus coming to Earth and them actually defeating Galactus and nearly killing him, and Reed Richards sparing him as he realizes that Galactus serves a celestial purpose in the universe. So Galactus leaves, and what I would and Galactus I think then goes to goes on to destroy uh, the Kree or the Shi'ar homeworld. I don't remember which one at this point um might have been the scrolls in any case so i would do something similar to that an idea that you know galactus comes to earth um i would uh, i would have him you know be i would go through that same mark have him be defeated have reed spare his life and have then galactus leave but uh one of the planets that uh galactus then destroys is the world that annihilus comes from you know, and I would have him do a, a couple of others, so that the second movie re disappears. He's uh, he's across the universe, and I would you know make that movie be the trial of Reed Richards. So we have Galactus in the first movie, trial of Reed Richards in the second movie, uh, and I would have you know the Fantastic Four team up with Doctor Doom to go out and get Reed Richards, uh, go into space and go get him, bring him home. Uh, a lot more exciting than what actually happens in the comic book, as a matter of fact, but I digress. Um, with them rescuing Reed Richards, that sparks Annihilus uh, coming to attack the Earth and sending the Annihilus wave, and that's and that's the third movie, is Fantastic Four. Uh, Fantastic Four versus Annihilus. So that was my original arc, um, what I had pitched a little ways back which I still think is imminently doable. I think now that the, that the Fantastic Four are home, as it were, I think they need to be part of phase four. I think they need, I think we need to get a Fantastic Four movie like really quickly. Um, I would still set them up as established. My rationale would be if I were doing a Fantastic Four movie, I would say that the reason why you haven't heard of them up to this point is because they've been in another dimension. I would have, uh, I would have been, like I said, just like the incredible Hulk, sort of my opening credit scene, my opening montage would have been them going into space, them going into uh, another dimension. And as it turns out, it's battle world from the secret war storyline from back in the eighties. Um, you know, I same same theory here. You know, Reed, Sue, Johnny, and Pilot uh, Ben take our uh, astronauts. They go into space. They end up going into this other dimension. It turns out it's the Beyonder kind of grabbing them and putting them on Battle World. Um, and the, the Beyonder, rather than cosmic rays, uh, the Beyonder is responsible for their powers. And on the other side of um, yeah the the other side of battle world is Dr. Doom and maybe you know some others some other Fantastic Four villains and I would go through that whole Secret Wars uh, arc where um, you know where Doom tries to claim the power of the Beyonder and all of that and I, I don't think you need to get into into a tremendous amount of detail I think it's just they're they're there. They beat the Beyonder. They they escape Battleworld, and the movie begins with them coming home. 
Um, and if you really wanted to make it fully integrated, this was a this was a Shield mission, and they're actually all agents of Shield. So at least there's some degree uh, you know, th- there's some connection to an to the already established Marvel universe, uh, and, then, you know, and then go from there. You know, um, you know, then you can send you can still bring Galactus and the Silver Surfer into your first movie. So that loaded up really well with a lot of Fantastic Four lore, but I would not go through the same origin story. Um, you know, I would want them to be established and have them coming back from a lost in space mission. That's the, that's essentially the, the size of it. The question is, could you get them integrated into, you know, could, could their first appearance be in the infinity war? And it's hard to say at this point because, uh, the, the fourth Avengers movie, whatever that ends up being, I said infinity war, but that's the third one. That's the one coming out this May. Uh, it was originally Infinity War Part 2. Now it's going to be something else. And they don't want to tell you what it is because if they tell you what the name of it is, it kind of gives away, I, I guess, uh, the Infinity War movie and what happened. So that's why I, I can't really speak too much about whether or not you could include them in the fourth Avengers movie. I think it would be a good idea. Again, I would I would see I would have the Fantastic Four be in the Avengers, the fourth Avengers movie, and then go ahead and give them their own solo picture again, kind of you know establishing this is where they went, and then starting a new story. Um, I would also save Doctor Doom. There's a lot of talk about Doctor Doom. You know, he needs to be the next big bad. He needs to be the next you know Thanos. Which is why I, you know, I let, let's, there are a host of other Fantastic Four villains out there. Uh, the Fantastic Four are closely associated with the Inhumans, which is probably not getting a second season. Um, you know, maybe do something with them in, in a Fantastic Four solo movie. But for the time being, um, maybe, maybe not, you know, get the Fantastic Four and Avengers Four. And then as part of Phase Four, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, give them their own picture. So that's what I would want to see happen with the Fantastic Four. All right, so the X-Men's a whole of the story. The X-Men currently has three films that are set to come out next year, 2018. These are all, I believe, in like pre-product, uh, post-production at this point. They're all nearly finished films uh, with set release dates. There's no reason to kill them off. There's no reason to not release them. Um, that would be a tremendous waste of money. I mean, scores of millions of dollars would be tossed in the trash. Uh, so you have the New Mutants horror movie that's coming out next year first. I think that's April. Then you have Deadpool, which I believe is June. And then you have Dark Phoenix, which is November. Let them come out. Um, let me tackle these individually. Without knowing enough, uh, too much about where, what they're doing with the new mutants, it, it's hard to say whether or not you could make the leap that what's, whatever, whatever universe the new mutants is in is the same one as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I mean, 
the way they've handled the way they handled the gifted, for example, the gifted it exists in another in an entirely separate universe from the one the movies exist in. This is a universe where the X-Men disappeared, as did the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and all that's left is the Mutant Underground. Um, so, allegedly, the New Mutants are supposed to exist in the same universe as the current X-Men franchise, but with, with everything that's happened with the X-Men movies, it's hard to say what's canon and what's not, what's in continuity, what's not in continuity. I mean, they can say all day long the New Mutants is part of it, but, you know, so was Logan, and, and, that, and the continuity in Logan didn't make a tremendous amount of sense to me, so whatever. Um, the simplest solution would be to allow the movies to come out and say, okay, nothing, none of these are getting any more sequels, are, uh, and we're just going to start from scratch with new casts and, you know, and again, say, that, you know, some, something that happens with, with the Avengers movies is what causes the mutants to exist, which is sort of, which would be a kind of short, easy, stupid answer. Um, in any case, depending on how they've already handled new mutants, and maybe they, they might go back in for a couple of rewrites and reshoots just to, you know, establish that, no, this is, this is the Marvel universe. These people exist. Because theoretically, they could they could say the New Mutants is the beginning of mutants in this universe. So that's one idea. The other idea is, like I said, to let the movies come out and say, okay, you know, the New Mutants is one and done. This Dark Phoenix is the end of that series of X Men movies. And then you have the, the case of Deadpool, which is a very popular character. I mean, Ryan Ryan Reynolds really brought that character to life. And the Deadpool series is his passion project. Um, again, it would be kind of difficult to, with what they've established in Deadpool, to say that this is the same universe as, as Marvel. But just as an aside, look, look at what Sony's doing. Sony is make, creating its own Spider-Verse, Spider-Man universe. And they're doing it with Venom and Black Cat and Silver Sable, and they're not even going to have Spider-Man proper for another couple of years. The current iteration of Spider-Man is separate from what they're creating at Sony and is fully integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, you know, it's, it's entirely possible Disney will take the same approach and saying, okay, we have a separate universe here for the X-Men, um, and the X-Men films that is wholly different from the universe, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. However, characters we're not using in this current series of movies like Wolverine can now, you know, we can cast a new actor and place them nicely into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's been no mentions of mutants yet, uh, and if you've been watching the Runaway series, Molly in the comic book was said to be a mutant. They haven't said how she got her powers in Runaways yet, so they may have. They if if they don't address it, there's always the possibility that they can address it in the future and say, yeah, mutants have existed. We just haven't talked about it yet. Um, you know, up to this point, Agents of Shield was kind of using the Inhumans as that world mutants, 
But you know, we'll see. Here's what I'd like to see happen, I guess. Um, because beyond 2018, there's a Gambit movie that's currently in pre-production. The you know, Gorbavinsky, Vabinsky uh, is directing it, and they've been working on a script. And this is Channing Tatum's passion project. And I'd actually like to see it come to light. Um, but if they're, you know, but again. They're so they're early enough in the production stages at this point that they could write the Gambit movie and say, "Yep, Gambit is one is one of those mutants that exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe." And this is what I'm saying. You know, I I, I don't see the Multiple Man Project uh, coming to light. That was the James Franco, and what is James Franco playing multiple versions of himself? You ever see the Deuce? Same thing. Weird. Um, but anyway. I, I, at this point, I don't see the multiple man project coming to light. Um, but if they, if they did, again, since it's never been established in any of the other uh, previous X-Men movies to my, well, no, he was in that. There was one iteration of this character in X-Men three, but that's been written out of Canon at this point. So they could start fresh with a new multiple man. And again, part of the, uh, it could very easily be written as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I'd like to see them recast Wolverine. I'd like to see the Gambit movie come into play. I'd like to see them close the book on this current cast of X-Men movies. You know, I'd like to see Dark Phoenix be the, the final chapter and then just start fresh. Um, as much as I want to see Doctor Doom be the big bad of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the next phase, I think an event movie that has you know, the Avengers versus the X-Men would be a really fun thing to see. And I think in a, it would also be a fun way to, to establish the X-Men. You know, that the, uh, you know, there's been a, a select group of uh, mutants that have been in hiding and they band together and become the X-Men and there's something that sets them, you know, against uh, the Avengers for whatever the reasons are, it would have to be dramatically different than what was in the comic book. But, you know, so far, any, most of the adaptations that they've done have been radically different from their comic book counterpart. Um, so we shall see, I think the X-Men's a little bit harder, but the fantastic four should be really, really, really easy. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Alien franchise. You know, there was talk of an Alien 5. There's been talk of another sequel to the Prometheus slash Alien Covenant series of pictures that connects, you know, at least one more movie that provides connective tissue between Prometheus and Alien Here's the thing, you know, the people that put Alien Covenant together were, you know, were obviously banking on Covenant doing a lot better than it did. It only did about, you know, somewhere between two and three hundred million dollars, which was not great. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me for what the budget was, but I remember talking about it earlier this summer with Robert Winfrey and it didn't do great. I don't know how much money it lost, if any, but it didn't do nearly as high was as um, as the studio 
hoped it would. Uh, I'd, I'd hate to see the Alien franchise go away. I want to see what they can come up with as far as more connective tissue between Prometheus and Alien, but it it needs new leadership. Um, there's a Predator movie coming out next year. Uh, we'll see how that one does. I don't have a whole lot to say about a possible Predator feature. You know, the franchise going beyond what's happening next year. And I haven't read too much about it, but you know, we'll see. I think for the time being planet of the apes is done. They, they closed out the trilogy this past summer. It did. It did. Okay. It did fine. Uh, wasn't a super blockbuster or anything, but it, you know, it did functionally well. Um, I think it's going to be years again before you see a new planet of the apes movie. I don't think there's any more stories left to tell there though. It'd be fun. It would, might be fun to see some of the crossover uh, comics come to life. You know, we covered on source material this past year, uh, Tarzan on the Planet of the Apes. Um, while I wouldn't want to see a word-for-word adaptation of that, um, I would like to see, you know, it'd be fun to see a crossover. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. With that said, I don't have a whole lot else to add here. I'm very excited for where uh, Disney is going. I mean, the whole point of them buying 21st Century Fox, Fox's TV and movie assets, other than you know to get the IP that's missing from the Marvel Universe back, is that they want to you know they are competing with Netflix and Hulu. Um, now they own a stake of Hulu, but they, they have been looking to do their own streaming service. And the only way to make that really work is if you have content. And so what they did was spend almost $60 billion on a lot of new content. So look for a competitive streaming service very soon to go up against Netflix. Um, maybe, you know, maybe they abandon the idea of creating their very own and they reinvest in Hulu since now they own, a, they own a stake in it, which would be the, which for me would be the most obvious thing to do at this point, you know, why build from scratch something that you already, that you already own. I mean, Hulu is pretty successful all on its own with the content that they already have and it's in, you know, original programming already has a show on it. So they also have uh, Freeform, which, is, which used to be ABC Family, and that's got its own streaming app. Um, I would actually like to see Freeform be integrated into Hulu. That would make my life a lot easier, especially when New Warriors and the Cloak and Dagger series come out next year. Those are slated to come out. They've, um, in fact, I think uh, some of the sites have been showing a, a cast picture of the new Warriors uh, featuring Squirrel Girl. So that's supposed to come out this year. That's supposed to be on Freeform, as is Cloak and Dagger. I would love it, love, love, love it, if Freeform got integrated into Hulu and they really made that the one-stop shop for all things Disney. ABC, obviously, is uh, owned by Disney. So, you know, maybe they make Hulu a huge powerhouse in original 
content and you know streaming and they use that to battle with netflix we'll say uh, i also want to see whether or not with this deal if if um if the Marvel Netflix series end up staying at Netflix or if they end up being moved over to Hulu. Uh, I don't have details on how those deals got worked out, but there's a lot of content coming to Netflix in 2018. Jessica Jones has a release date already. Punisher, all the Netflix series with the exception of the Defender so far have been renewed for, um, for season for new seasons. Daredevil, is uh, renewed for season three. Luke Cage, Iron Fist are, are both uh, renewed for second seasons. As I said, Jessica Jones has a new release date. And the most recent one to get a second season ordered is The Punisher. Um, all right. So I've been talking for a little over half an hour now. I'm going to go ahead and bring on my normal co-host for Damn You Hollywood. Usually he's the one that does... Uh, you know, the breakdowns and the plot synopsis and a lot of kvetching. <laughs> uh, my good friend, Robert Winfrey, how you doing tonight, sir? I've been better. Oh, you sound terrible. Yeah, I've got some sort of seasonal switch holiday crap that is screwing with my throat, so. So, up to this point. I sound like I've an old woman, I know. <laughs> up to this point I've been talking about um I laid out the whole I laid out the details I laid out all the IP that they got uh, in in this deal and I laid out a loose plan for how I think they should handle the Fantastic 4 and the X-Men what I'd like to see. I talked a little bit about Aliens, Planet of the Apes and Predator and everything else I'm not really interested in talking about. Let me just ask you straight up basics. Um when you saw that Disney bought the TV and movie assets of Fox, what was your first thought? Eh. <laughs> Good contribution. Uh, I mean, welcome, to the, welcome to the show, bud. <laughs> uh, I, it was just, it was just kind of a, I don't know. I mean, I don't think about that as much as you know, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as you know, I mean. They, I think there were two primary factors that went into the decision to buy this stuff from Disney. One of them was, I imagine, um, you know, getting the Fantastic Four, which is kind of a non-entity that fa- that property has been shot in the head in the street and left to bleed out. But you get the X-Men which could be a big contribution considering what they've, you know, done with lesser known characters getting their hands on you know one of the more one of the most iconic comic book and pop, you know, culture teams that's ever been is uh, of course a significant gains to the evil empire of the mouse. <laughs> I also think and this might be a smaller a lesser known point, but I may I think it might have had something to do with uh, Star Wars. In all honesty, because Star Twentieth uh, Century Fox is the studio that helped Lucasfilm produce and distribute Star Wars you know, way back in the seventies. 
And even after buying Lucasfilm, which Disney did, they there were still home uh, dist- home video distribution rights that were with Fox, and it was there was just stuff like minor red tape issues. And now with you know Star Wars still continuing to be a multi-billion-dollar property, just getting all of that ironed out so that they continue. Uh, continue. So that they don't have to worry about it going forward was probably another non-trivial consideration, just considering how much money Star Wars brings in for them. But, uh, I mean, I didn't have nearly the same reaction that a lot of other people did. I, I, I mean, Fox has screwed the pooch so many times with some of these properties that... You know, I mean, Disney can't possibly... I, I really shouldn't say that. I'm tempting fate, but I have a hard time imagining how Disney could do a worse job. <laughs> I um, The last thing I mentioned, I don't want to retread over everything I said about X-Men and Fantastic Four, but the last point that I made was, you know, Disney has been hoping to build their own streaming service, and now they have a controlling stake in Hulu. What I'm hoping to see and this is a repeat of what I said as you were coming on, what I'm hoping to see is them invest their time and energy into an already established streaming service like Hulu. They already own a control. Now, with they, they've taken over Fox's controlling stake in Hulu. I think it would be stupid for Disney to build their own streaming service at this point since Hulu's already an established brand um, with dedicated customers and, you know, They've already had, they already they've already got ABC uh, programs on Hulu. Now they've got the now they own the Fox programs that was already on Hulu in the first place. I would almost I was hoping that they'll sew Freeform into Hulu. You know, instead of having to watch Freeform separately on its own, like you would with like say the CW app. Um, I was hoping that you'll be able to get free form content on Hulu and they really, and they make Hulu a powerhouse to go up against Netflix. That's what I'd like to see happen. I would like to see the Disney dedicated streaming service for all of their content be Hulu. I don't know how likely that is, but that's, that's my wish. And that's just because I don't want to have to have 50 different television apps to watch, you know, to watch all this Marvel programming. I also I, I hate Hulu. I'll be perfectly honest with you about Why that. I hate their service. Hulu? Why? I I won't pay for it, and if I won't pay for it, I don't get anything. Uh, I, I like the, the navigation that they have is terrible. The fact that even when you pay for it, you still have gobs of advertisements sprinkled through aggravates me to no end. I really okay. hate Hulu. All right, I'm not. A, I don't passionately hate it the way you do, but yeah, I get that complaint. It's it's frustrating. I mean, when they had when they had two tiers, when it was okay, here's all the free crap. You have to watch commercials. That's fair. I get that. Okay, right. now you can upgrade and you can pay us for this. Okay, I'll do that. You still have to watch the exact same amount of commercials. So you can kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating, but I you know with the, the amount of podcasting I end up doing at night and my inavailability to watch television, terrestrial television as things are airing because I have, you know, work duties and dad duties and husband duties that I need to take care of. Not, and then podcast duties. 
Hulu for me is the only way I get to watch TV. Otherwise, I would never be able to watch anything. Or I would. I, I understand you know, again. You know, different people feel differently about different services. That's fair. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just I can't stand Hulu. I would be so much happier if they folded in with. If they just like announced you know some kind of joint venture with Amazon, I'd be I'd be so much happier. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I have a couple of friends that are and my father are really big into the Amazon Prime um Amazon Prime shows, you know, and that service and you know, because they because we're we're almost all exclusively Apple products and up until about five minutes ago you couldn't get a app on you couldn't get an Amazon app on your uh, Apple TV. Now there's one, but that but it literally just happened within the last like week or so that I could tell. Um, so it, ne- it never paid for me to be bothered with the Amazon Prime TV service. Occasionally, I'll watch something on my computer or, you know, w- way back when I was uh, able to get Amazon Prime at my uh, at my work terminal. And I watched, uh, that's how I watched Justified, as a matter of fact. Um, I might be more apt to do it now that the, that I can get the app on my Apple TV. But yeah, up until recently... Since you know I'm not a Roku person, and you know my smart TVs, um, it was just a pain in the ass to get the Prime app on. I was like, oh, I don't want to be bothered with this. Again, that might change now. Um, any thoughts on how I, I, if you'll remember, and I think this was during our our Fan Four Stick review, I had pitched my uh, Trial of Reed Richards trilogy. You know, Galactus, the Trial, the Annihilus Wave. That was the short, short version of that pitch. I still would like to see something like that happen, but uh, my idea was the, the Avengers 4, just put the Fantastic Four in it. Um, and then the reason why they were gone, the, the reason why we haven't seen them up to this point is that they've been in space this whole time. And they come back to Earth just in time to help them deal with whatever they're dealing with after Avengers 3, and then give them their own solo movie um you know as i just explained uh and i and i my idea was that they got their powers from the beyonder because because i'd like them to use the actual secret wars uh story at least a a degree of it i would like i'd like to see some mention of the beyonder in, in a fantastic four movie but anyway that was my thought there any, do you have, I know you said you don't really think about it much, but do you have any thoughts on how you'd like to see the Fantastic Four handled in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I have no real problem with your setup. I mean, again, you you and I talked about it uh, for a non-trivial amount of time on Four Stick because that movie was so awful. Just anything <laughs> to talk about other than that movie was <laughs> glorious. The... Uh, I think if I had my way, uh, my way would probably piss off a lot of like comic fans because I'm not deeply familiar with them in, mm-hmm. the, in terms of source material. I mean, we're about to have Thanos rewrite the universe. I mean, well, let's be very clear about what's coming with Infinity War. I really think that that presents a great opportunity to bring them in. It also presents a non-trivial opportunity to explain their powers. If, you know, cosmic ray, if they're in space, which I like, because they're supposed to be a science fiction property, 
the you know cosmic radiation unleashed by the bringing by the joining of the infinity stones is a really significant thing. I also kind of think that you know given that this ruins or significantly alters their lives, you might even set them up as running contrary to the Avengers. As you know, you, you bunch of people have you were the catalyst for bringing this terrible terrible calamity onto not just us but everyone. We clearly can't trust you with this anymore. We know better. In the case of Reed Richards, I know better. Sit down, shut up, and get out of the way. <laughs> you can even start seeding a, you know, an, an eventual Illuminati storyline with Reed, like appealing to the ego and intellect of certain members of the Avengers and other people around the world, being like, we're really going to trust these bunch of meatheads? We, we, <laughs> we need to be working together, <laughs> and life will be so much better. Uh, I really think you need to utilize you know, the carnage from Infinity War as a catalyst for some pretty significant shifts going forward. And I think you can utilize the Fantastic Four as a representative of that. You know, I, as, I wouldn't mind like them building towards Reed going like full dark side almost and him becoming the big bad. Um, you know, this, well, Reed this, Richards is a terrible person. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they there's an there's a version of Reed Richards that's evil in uh, the most recent Secret Wars that that caused the first ever like Marvel reboot. Um, there was an evil version of Reed Richards, I think, like called the Thinker or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. I wish Jesse was here. He could, you know, he remembers more of the details of these stories than I do. But um, there, there was an another re, an, an, another dimension, another reality, uh, another universe. There was a Reed Richards that was like fully evil. And I think, you know, in, in a succession of movies where you have Reed making terrible, terrible decisions, like, you know, sending the Hulk off world and, you know, doing this and that. And it's like, this is for the greater good. And it's, you know, it's the, it, it's like Tony Stark level, you know, where, where you know, Tony, where we, we got to where we got in the Marvel universe because Tony kept making decisions for the greater good that, turned out horribly. What if you had, you know, a Reed Richards type character going, no, Tony, you had the right idea and just pushing it even further. And to the point where, you know, the fantastic, uh, the, what's left of the fantastic four, you know, and the Avengers, whatever have to have to go against Reed and whatever, not, you know, crazy thing he's come up with. Um, but that, that, that's several pictures down the line. We got to get them established first. Uh, the one I thought was going to be even more difficult is, is is trying to figure out how you handle the X Men. Seeing as at this point they haven't even they they haven't even addressed mutants, nor have they said they existed, and and that's the thing, you know, if they if they create a reason that the mutants exist now or have been in hiding all of these years, that's fine. I just I would find it a little hard to believe that Shield didn't know about the existence of mutants back in the you know in the in the forties. But yeah, who knows? Um they, you also uh, let me, you also run into the significant problem that a lot of the comics ran into in the sense that you know mutants were uh, the X Men were a platform to discuss discrimination. And if you're and they've tr- I know they've tried a bit of that with Agents of Shields and the Inhuman arc for as catastrophic as that's been on so many levels. But you, the problem you run into is you are now dealing with a world that is full of superpowered beings. Is the notion that 
these are, you know, genetic mutations rather than, you know, the finger of God touching you. I don't know. Some, you know, choose your, or, you know, a random spider. Who cares? <laughs> well, you said it before. Uh, I mean, with, you're just going to run into a really, it's going to be really hard to kind of weave that fundamental bit of their, of, you know, what goes into making the X-Men the X-Men into this universe. Well, I'd be curious to see if they kind of, if they go the route that you had implied before, which is um, with Thanos putting together the Infinity Gauntlet, that sort of maybe an unintended consequence or an intended consequence, depending on what his uh, ultimate goal is, is that they is that he creates mutants. I'd be uh, down with that. There's a couple of ways they could do it. They could say, you know, Thanos did it. They, you know, they could say the X-Men have that there's another, you know, another, they're dealing with, with the concept of parallel universes now on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't think it's been said outright. They, all they've said is that somewhere in the distant past, Quake blew the earth up and they got to where they are now. But there's been some, there's been some stuff written that, the that where they are right now in Agents of Shield is not is not the universe they came from. They're in an alternate universe where Quake blew up the um, where Quake blew up the Earth. But either way, I am not up to date on Agents of Shield for the record. Okay, well, sorry, spoilers. Um, I don't care. I don't watch it. <laughs> but that's where we are right now with Agents of Shield. Um, and a simple solution would be that they don't exist in this universe. They exist in a parallel universe um, where, you know, they are the children of the atom and all of that. Uh, and people could just start crossing over from different universes. The other way to do it, is, you know, is like I said, is that they've always been around. They've just been really good at hiding it. Um, and there is no X-Men as of yet. Just, you know, it's 2017 and the X-Men just don't exist. What you have are disparate people who are hiding their powers, especially in the wake of something like the Sokovia Accords, you know, where if they didn't want to reveal themselves before, they certainly don't want you now because the world has become hostile to people who are, uh, who have superpowers, which would make sense. But then you have the very real issue of what do you actually do with some of these characters? Here's what I said. They're already working on a Gambit movie. I kind of want to see that happen. They're Um, not. They're really not, not especially but there's no not reason now. Why, there's no reason why, in, in, a, in as early into production as they are with Gambit, that they can't get that movie going and say that it, you know that Gambit exists in this universe and he's a mutant, which I'd be fine with. Um, less likely is the Multiple Man movie, and I don't even necessarily want to see it. <laughs> um, that, Nobody that's wants not to see a I Gambit need. movie, much less a Multiple Man movie. Um, but I do want to see, and this I didn't mention before. It's worth mentioning now. I said before, like, I'd like to see them recast Wolverine, but they don't necessarily have to make it Wolverine. They can just, Wolverine doesn't exist, but X-23 does. And, you know, that, the last time we saw that, that was a, it was a child. They can recast that as an adult woman, and that's your Wolverine for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is this chick. It would certainly fall in line I with the way that, things are right I, I now. I think that would, uh, I understand why you might want to go that way. I think that would be kind of sad because Hugh Jackman has publicly stated the only thing that will get him to play Wolverine again is being part of the MCU, and now that's possible. Mm-hmm. 
I've heard it. I've heard it both ways. I've heard he doesn't want to do it. I've heard he does. So who knows? Um, uh, he generally quick. wants to move on from the character, but the the possibility of being in the greater MCU and interacting with all of those characters is certainly a draw for him. And we might, and I mean, Ryan Reynolds has to be just happy as a clam because now he might get Deadpool in his Deadpool and Wolverine movie. It might. I'm going to read you what Andrew Graham wrote to me. I want to see what you think of this. Um, here's the theory. With a large number of the main actors aging out of the Avengers, I think it is plausible that Marvel pivots a lot of the focus to X-teams for Earthbound stuff and Fantastic Four for Cosmic. What do you think? That would be the intelligent thing to do. Which is not to say that's what's going to happen, but that would certainly be a good way to do it. <laughs> um, here's what I said before, and it's kind of going to be my last word on the subject, and then we're going to move on, because a lot of this is repetition for the first 30 minutes that I had the show all to myself. Um, the New Mutants, depending on... Yeah, the New Mutants could go into reshoots so that uh, they can say that whatever's happening in the New Mutant movie actually happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's an easy enough... That's an easy enough uh, post-production fix if they want to do it that way, and then that opens up the that opens up the possibility of more new mutant movies. Um, Deadpool, it's a little harder to do, I think, because that was firmly established in the preceding X Men universe, um, and you can't recast it. And unless you and, and unless you basically pull Deadpool out of that universe and put him into this one. It would be very hard for the Deadpool series of movies to cross over into the established Marvel Cinematic Universe. You'd almost have to say they're two different universes, and he somehow or other crosses the universe and 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 ends up where you know over over there. Um, with the current iteration of X Men movies, I kind of want to see Dark Phoenix be the last of it. Just with that cast. Uh, just make Dark Phoenix the end of the the end of the line, and don't do X Men proper movies. Do other things. You know, there was an X Force movie that was in the works, and you know, do an X Factor movie with some different mutants. Let's you know, let's leave sort of the core X Men group alone for a while. And let's focus on some other lesser-known characters and integrate them into the universe. Um, just give it a rest. But um, I do eventually want to see an event film, The Avengers versus The X-Men. Uh, I have the faintest idea how they would do that in terms of you know, appropriate storytelling. But I think it would be a fun thing to see. It was like the, the first reaction a lot of people had was, oh, we can do an Avengers versus the X-Men movie. Um, doesn't necessarily need to be the main, you know, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Wolverine version of the X-Men. But something along those lines would be kind of fun. You know, especially, you know, with the universe that they've created where, you know, again, the Sokovia Corps exist and people with powers are, are um, you know, sought to be controlled and you're also assuming they're going to actually play with that going forward. And given the wildly inconsistent nature of the writing and the. Well, I mean, if you follow my meaning, you know, if. I do, I do. It, like, it, they've it, all signed this, come... and you have this whole group of people who are, you know, 
maybe even loosely affiliated in an underground kind of way, like, you know, oh, wait, you've got powers? Yeah, here's the secret meeting. And we meet, you know, right. once every two months. We just like to keep track right. of each other type thing. Okay, no, and having them all just kind of stand up and go, no, you all suck. We are claiming that we are claiming this portion of, you know, like, we claim the state of Alaska. This is ours now. <laughs> Stay away. And that leading, that being kind of the impetus for the conflict could be, is certainly doable. Especially you if you wanted other... to go with, I mean, you could actually kind of meld that with bits of the, um, Oh, I'm going to get so much hate for this. Bits of the, uh, like, the Siege storyline, when Norman Osborn had the Dark mm-hmm. Avengers. Instead right. of Norman Osborn, you, ha- you already have um, Ross. Mm-hmm. And having him, you know, replace people he doesn't like with people who he does like, regardless of their morals or ethics or murderous history, kind of as the lead into that, I think that could probably work. You know, another thought here is Genosha. They could say that you know they uh, after the uh, keep, keeping with the uh, with the true origin of mutants that shortly after the atomic bomb was dropped, uh, we started to see human you know we started to see humans with this extra with this X gene, and uh, we started to notice that the first mutants were developing, and as soon as that started to happen, uh, what became Shield. Created a created an island for them, hidden from the rest of the world, you know, unseen by the natural eye, where any mutants who were found were sent to that island quietly, and you know something happens that causes the mutants to have to leave that island and you know and and be integrated into society. Um, from that comes the X Men. And they end up running afoul of the Avengers, and voila, you have your X Men vs. Avengers movie. Just you know, just some ideas. All right, we are uh, we are about two minutes out here uh, from the end. I only gave myself an hour to talk about this because I mean, you know, really, how long, <laughs> how long can we talk about this for? Um, but uh, I, I addressed the main points that I wanted to address. I mean. Is there anything else with this deal or with these? Uh, I don't know if you've seen the list of IP that they got. I read it at the top of the show. But is I there did anything see you'd it, like? Actually. Okay. Anything uh, worth talking about? Anything you're excited about? Anything you'd like to see happen? I'm interested in what they might do with uh, the Alien and Predator franchises. Mm-hmm. I because. Uh, those have been botched so badly recently. Um, especially their crossover attempts are just awful. Um, <laughs> and not necessarily in the watchable kind of way either. Like Alien versus Predator Requiem is great when there are no humans on the screen. Yeah. That's how bad that movie is. Anytime that there's, you know, just actual tension building or action sequences, it's pretty good. Anytime there are people and they have to speak, it's just so bad. <laughs> I mean, it almost doesn't make sense how bad it is. And as for the first AVP, you went for a PG-13 rating, guys. Come on. Like, just, just, you, you failed right at the beginning. And then, yeah, for as much as I enjoyed the, uh, you, you know, the Prometheus and 
covenant. They're different from what a lot of people consider when they think of the franchise, and I'd be very interested to see if Disney would just let it go back to being a bit more on the traditional horror action side of things. I also would, you know, and I would be very interested to see what they do with Predator. I know we have a reboot of that or another entry into that franchise coming out next year that I'm not looking forward to, that you're making me review. Thanks for that. <laughs> but uh, I, I, that's, those are probably the two big ones because I love them so much to just kind of see where we get to go with those going forward. All righty. Um, I think that's it. Uh, that's really all I had to say on the subject. Like I said, I'm... Uh, <laughs> what? Someone just... You killed Plunk and can't believe you're behind in the poll. Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry, he's referring to something else. Um, yeah, I'm in Factor Fiction this weekend. No, no. You, past- you answered one question so badly, even I couldn't vote for you. Oh, which one was it? Which one did you, didn't you like? I don't remember. Oh, terrific. All right. Um, it was three. I think it was, I want to say it was three or four. Okay. And I, I, I just, like... <laughs> Even though I agreed with you on pretty much everything else, that one was that one was just so wrong. <laughs> I'd love to know which one you go back. You'll have to go back and reread it and tell me which one you had a problem with. All right, Hang on, um, I'll look it up. It, it'll take like ten seconds, just okay. since you're curious. Do, do, do. Fact fiction. Okay. That wasn't that. Wasn't that? Where was it? Oh wait, this is mine. Hang on, clicked on the wrong one. Oh (laughs) God! (laughs) Hang on, no, just I was one week back. Here we go. Uh, let's see. GSP vacating. No, I was okay with you there. Oh, yeah, Kelvin Gastelum. You agreed with Gastelum's perspective that he should get a title shot. It's, you're so po- you're so wrong, I couldn't go with you. Really? Or why? Give me 50 words. Why? He got submitted and dominated by Chris Weidman one fight ago. Right. I mean, he just beat Michael Bisbing, who was a charitable top ten at the time. That's his <laughs> biggest win at middleweight. I just felt like there was he was more active, and only Luke Rockhold has like only the one fight, and he also I think lost the fight within. Uh, no, actually, Rockhold. Now Rockhold lost to Bisbing, and I, I like I will never be able to cheer for Rockhold again after realizing that he's. His crappy lead handwork is entirely responsible for Bisbing to Henderson to Bisbing versus GSP and all the resultant crap that's followed it. Uh, well, like, apparently I sold Pat. He said, your arguments for Ortega and Mayweather dissected his pretty easily. The Gasolum one you sold me on, too. And you, so you sold Pat. Good job. <laughs> All right. Look, uh, look Rock- I, I don't hate that fight, and I'm not saying Gastelum has no claim to potentially being in a title fight, but mm-hmm. 
his biggest win at middleweight is over 40-year-old Michael Bisping. The one time he fought a legitimate – I mean, Chris Weidman was on a three-fight losing streak when they fought. And he still couldn't really get by him. You know, it's just – you know, let him fight, uh, you know, the winner of Romero Jacare. Sorry, it's not Romero Jacare. It's – who is it? And why can't I remember this guy's name? Uh, Jacare Brunson. That's it. They have that fight coming up. Let him fight the winner of that. And if he wins that, then sure. All right, but, well, you know, off one win over a guy who was violently finished by George St. Pierre, you know, three weeks previously. Come on. All right. Well, that's there's certainly another way to look at it. All right. If you want to hear me more and Robert argue over things, <laughs> uh, we'll be reviewing The Last Jedi, which I thought was really, really good. I mean, I don't want to get into specifics now, but. You know, even uh, I know I'm a Star Wars fan, so my opinion on the matter might be considered a bit colored. But I actually, I actually have to say, Ryan Johnson did an excellent job uh, to the point where I actually, where my my initial reaction when it was over was, please don't make any more Star Wars movies. It's not getting any better than this. Just stop. Just, just don't release the solo movie. Don't finish the, don't finish the trilogy. Just stop making Star Wars movies. It's never going to get any better. Um. So, with that said, we'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more. We'll talk about it a lot more, actually, on uh, Tuesday after Robert sees it. Um, and we'll give our full review, and we'll talk about how much money <laughs> Disney has made of this latest iteration of Star Wars. Because uh, it's Star Wars week all week long. We got uh, Princess Leia and source material. The aforementioned Last Jedi review. Then I'll have a the Mario Haber review is going to review Galactic Empire, and then Sean and I are going to put The Empire Strikes Back on trial. So we're going to have a lot of fun. And then Screaming Boy will have a react, their own reaction to Disney buying uh, 21st Century Fox, plus you know their thoughts on uh, Star Wars and The Last Jedi and all of that. So that's all next week here on the Rattlevision Broadcasting Network, just in time for Christmas. It's your early Christmas present, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, go ahead and plug your stuff, and then we'll get out of here, sir. Uh, this coming Saturday, I will have coverage of UFC on Fox 26. It's a card. Uh, the main event's good. And there's a pretty surefire banger at welterweight. That uh, should be fun between Mike Perry and Santiago Ponzinibbio. Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll review that. We'll also preview UFC 219 because we're taking the next week off. We wanted to get that preview in, and that's our, that would have been our chance to preview 219, so we're doing all that this week. 219's a card. Um, it's got one of the better women's fights you, that you can make on paper as the main event. Uh, when uh, Let me think. It's Cyborg and Holly Holm, so that's a really, that's a really good, uh, again, that's a good fight on paper. I'm very curious to see it, so we'll be previewing that whole card. I think that's it for me. And then, uh, of course, Tuesday, Mark and I will review The Last Jedi. And I haven't seen it yet, but there's a very real chance he and I wind up yelling at each other. I mean, we, we uh, to be fair, like when The Force Awakens came out, we ameliorated a lot of my apathy and 
issues with the writing and whatnot by inviting a couple of other people who are big Star Wars fans onto the show to talk about it with us. That worked out great. Uh, this isn't a complaint by any stretch of the imagination. It saved me from talking about it ad nauseum and you yelling at me to sh- and you yelling shut up and have fun, uh, which is a pretty constant refrain at this point. <laughs> now, look, here's all the problem gonna... with Thor Ragnarok. Shut up and have fun, damn it. I think I I think you'll be fine with this one. I actually think I I I I won't go as far as to say I think you'll like it, but I don't think you're going I don't think you're going to have nearly as many problems with this one as you did with the Force Awakens. And there's no reason why you, you should. You mean the it's sheer logical movie. inconsistency of a organization with about a fourth the uh, amount of materials and resources as the Empire building a weapon five times as large, if not ten times as large? And then stupidly having it actually draw energy from a star. <laughs> like, do you not understand the consequences of this? In addition to just completely ripping off the structure from <laughs> A New Hope. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Feel free to listen to that review in the archives where I lay out all my issues with that show. We actually just rebroadcasted the show because I, I wanted to. I wanted to look back at some of the notes I had made about it um, in comparison to, to to the Last Jedi. So that's uh, the, the, so the, the rebroadcast is actually just a couple of days old uh, in the archives. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun listen. I listen to it at work, as a matter of fact. But, um, yeah, I think you'll have a much better time with this one than you did with, uh, with The Force Awakens. It's, it's definitely a much better movie. Only one way to find out. So tune in Tuesday. All right. Uh, with that said, this has been our special look at uh, the Disney buying most of 21st Century Fox, and uh, specifically what we would do. Oh wait, with wait, the wait! X-Men. Last thing, last uh, thing, Disney, oh please. <laughs> Disney, for the love of all the totally, fire Seth MacFarlane. Stop it! Just stop he it. Is the terrible. The Orville he makes is terrible a great things. Show. Nope. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It really I love isn't. the Orville. Orville was fantastic. It was one of my that and DC's Legends of Tomorrow, two of my favorite shows this season so far. Hey, look again, Seth MacFarlane is terrible. Get rid of him. Your ter- I like You're that he will no longer have free reign over. You're, you're, uh, yeah. You are a ridiculous human being. I am not. I, I'm really not. Like that, of all the complaints you can level at me, most of which are accurate, I am not ridiculous. You are with your unreasonable hatred of Seth MacFarlane, and more specifically, it's neither it's neither unreasonable nor is it hatred. Okay, I'm going to play theme music. Is that okay with you? Again, just I want him at least down to one show. Because look, Family Guy peaked six years ago, seven. Okay, for Robert Winfrey, who's an unreasonable human being, I am your I am host really for the not. evening. Mark Rattledge, this has For been a look back at has been a look back at uh, the money Disney buying Fox. Hope you've had a fun time listening to our discussion. Be well, be safe, and behave.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.